everybody, what's up? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour number 101 for June 30th, 2020. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Yo, what up? Tony B coming to you live from New Jersey. How you doing, brother? 101, baby. Yeah, how you doing? Doing fantastic. How you doing? Oh, you know. Uh-huh. I'm doing as well as as can be, I suppose. Uh, of course, you know, but I will have to fill in the audience because they do not know. Some may know that follow uh, the, the Coverman Central page, but uh, we took off last week because I'm in recovery mode. I went on a camping trip the, the weekend prior, and I broke my arm. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, so... <clears throat> it's been about a week and a half now. I've been dealing with life with a broken arm. And not fun. I, I recommend to you kids out there, if you're going to do something that's potentially dangerous um, and you are a klutz like me, do not do it. You break your arm, kid. You break your arm or could be worse. I, I, uh, I'll Cry tell out, kid. People are like, what happened? How would you break your arm? So I will tell you. I... I I had I had not been asleep for about 30 hours, which is very rare for me, man, because I really like to sleep. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, we had gone swimming. Chunk is here. What's up, Chunk? Um, we had gone swimming and uh, like a bike ride and then swimming, and I was like tired out from swimming, and then we were just going to go uh, eat or something. I don't even know what we were going to do, but we went back to the campsite, and my brother's uh, – one of one of our friends brought a one wheel, which is like a hoverboard with a it's like an analog hoverboard. Um, it's got an actual wheel. And my brother was like, "Come on, Steve, I'll show you how to do this." And I my first instinct was like, "I don't want to do that." And then I was like, next thought was like, "Oh, all right, I'm on a like a little vacation here. My brother wants me to try this. So I'll go try it." And he gave me some instructions on how to get, uh, you know, what to do, how to how to put my feet, and how to get on it. And then, before I really feel like I was ready, he sort of tipped me forward, so it would start moving. And rather than go forward, I fell backwards onto the pavement and broke my arm. Knew it immediately. I popped oh. up. I popped up, and and uh, I couldn't move my arm. That was the first thing I said out loud. I can't move my arm. My arm is broken. Um, the pain was enormous, um, and the pain is still there. It's not. It doesn't go away ever. There's there's constant, just a, an underlying pain that's going on. And then every once in a while, I get little sharp pains. Um, Ouch. Yeah. The diagnosis was that I. Uh, two fractures in the radial, the radial head, which is basically the elbow area. Uh, it's the part that like kind of helps you to turn your arm, like towards your thumb. You know, if you wanted to turn your arm that way towards your thumb, that's the part that, and that's the difficult thing for me to do right now because I can bend my arm. Like if someone said, "Do you like broken arms?" and you gave them the thumbs down and said, "No." No, if I were going to give them the thumbs up towards oh, my thumb. like. We don't like broken arms, and you'd be like, "Yeah, correct. Right. We don't want that." Right towards the thumb. So, gotcha. I, and like, like if I were to want to put my hand flat facing up, that is very difficult for me to do right now. Gotcha. Um, I, I, I'm in fact, I can't get there. I can't get that far. I can get close, a, a little closer than I, I was able to before. Um, but I can, I can they bend can, it, and I can't go. straighten it all the way. That there's no way to straighten my arm all the way. So. So yeah, big major bummer, and uh, I'm going to be 53 on Saturday, and this is not something that a 53 year old should be should be doing, because yes, bones definitely. bones get more fragile as you get older. I, I believe. Gotta drink it. some milk, dude. I do though. I drink milk every day. I love milk, but I, I think there's a, comes a point well, in your development where that stops helping strengthen your teeth and bones. I I don't know, but maybe. You would think, like growing up as a kid, you know, it helps strengthen your teeth and bones. But you yes. know, at some point, you're grown and it stops doing that. The bones are strengthened as they're going to get, and they start unstrengthening. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's does that seem, make sense to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, everything deteriorates as you get older. You know. Right. 
So, I mean, if I had done this at 63, then uh, that would be really very bad, I think. And 63 or any older. It's very bad right now, but I think I'll recover from this. So You mean it would be bad in the sense that your bones would be more brittle or it would be yes. bad because you would still be making poor decisions 10 years from now? <laughs> <laughs> I would say both. Ding, ding, ding to both of those, yeah. Four decisions in ten years. If I was hoverboard trying to to, to whatever one wheel at sixty three yes. years old, then yeah, this really I'm making poor decisions in life. <laughs> yes, no, no more one wheeled hover analog hoverboards for you, young man. And I even like it was just a dumb idea because I, I had gone swimming before that, and there was like a a big current in the. It was like a river, but it was a, a, a kind of a. a uh, I would just sort of an inlet from the river, I guess, where it it was uh, there was a little uh, it was sort of closed off, but not really. Um, but there was a current in there, and it was it was pulling me, and I was already like tired because I hadn't slept for like tw- you know at that point like twenty nine hours, and like uh, it started pulling me, and I started to panic a little bit because I had a thing that happened when I was a kid when going in the ocean and I got pulled out by the riptide and I almost died and I almost drowned and and that you know that's yeah that's scary stuff man yeah so I I, you know I can swim so I just like because I was just trying to like tread water and just enjoy the the water and 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 it was just the current was pulling me so I was trying to then just sort of doggy paddle and that wasn't working so then I was like all right I gotta swim swim you know so I right so I, I did that and it, it took a lot of energy and I had like a mini panic attack where I was, I got on shore and I was just hyperventilating, which it, it really has never happened to me that, to that ex- extreme. So that was bad enough. You know, at that point I should have been like, all right, I need to go t- get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but then, yeah, my brother's big bright idea. Hey, well, I'm going to sh- show you how to do this, Steve. I'm like, Okay. Bam! Right on the ground. I think we're gonna get hurt, right? We're always, you know, optimistic to say, "Yeah, cool, let me try that." You know, not thinking of, "Hmm, there's gonna be danger there, and I could potentially get hurt." Yeah, Um, and I even I had a helmet on. I had gloves on that are supposed to that that have this thing on the palm that that uh, like a metal thing on the palm. So if you fall, you put that down first, and it it braces your your fall. Um, Right. But unfortunately, I did not fall forwards. I fell backwards, and had no absolutely no time to think of what to do. It, it was, I mean, it happened so quickly. Lost oh, my yeah. balance. I'm on the ground. You know, that right. was it. Yeah. Um, and and hit that arm. And I'm lucky that I think I'm lucky because I did have a helmet on. I probably hit my head. I'm not sure. Um, but you know, I could have killed myself right there and then. Just hit my head. On yeah. The ground. So I'm glad I had that the helmet on. And it's amazing because, like, you ever watch that show Ridiculousness on MTV? No. Rob Deerdeck? No. no. It's all videos, like, of stupid people doing stupid stuff on the Internet, and they find it, like, on YouTube and whatever. And there's a video of, like, a double-deck, like, one of those two-story buses, like a tourist bus, you know? Uh-huh. And I don't know where it is or what country or anything, but it's it's not here. Um maybe Europe somewhere and there's like a bunch of people on top of the bus and they're driving through the streets, you know, and this guy's standing up and he's like dancing with his arms up over his head and he's having a great time. And they, as they go through, you see there's like low hanging wires uh-huh. across the street. So a lot of people see them coming and duck, but this poor guy does not. And the wire grabs him. And then basically like, you know, like the old slingshot, like Bugs Bunny. Right. He's, the thing gets like tense, 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 and then it's like, Ba-dum! and he goes like <laughs> oh, no. shooting off the top of the bus, and gets slammed on the ground. Oh. But then gets right up and starts running after the bus to get back on it again. Oh wow! Like like uninjured, you know? I mean, well, visibly from what you could see, he's not broken where he can't get up or move, or you know, he's injured, his head split open or something. Right. I don't know if there's residual, you know, impact. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some kind of, uh, you know. Uh, Broken bones or sprains or something, but yeah, yeah dude, dude hop right back up again and started running. And I was amazed because he's probably you know, 20 feet off the ground, you know, and on the blacktop, boom. 
Yeah. See, that's it gets the... up and goes, you know. That's... And other people, like you said, you see, like, uh, they do pranks where the guy's, like, dancing and they, and they coax him over onto a rug and then his friends pull the rug out from under him and he, like, smashes his face oh. on the ground, like, breaks his nose, teeth fly out like oh. chicklets, you know, like uh, bad see, news. I, I don't even like watching that stuff because stuff like that, people actually are getting hurt, man, and that's not, that's not funny to me. Well, that's what it is. You don't expect the guy to be that hurt. You know, like the guy in the bus, everyone's like, ah, and then he gets up and runs, and it's like, wow. Right. That's pretty amazing that well, that dude like, didn't even get hurt, you know? Even like the, like the jackass stuff is just, it's dumb to me because yeah. people get hurt, man. It's it's not, I don't know, it's not funny. Uh, Nick Rossi's here. He said, heck yeah, I finally caught you guys live. Only took 100 episodes. Thanks for joining us, Nick. Um, <laughs> Welcome aboard, Nick. Yeah, 101. It's a fresh start, man. Um, Got a little catch-up to do. So, yeah, so um, I I don't re- recommend activities like that for for people that are aging. <laughs> no, definitely, probably not. But, however, um, other than your, your almost drowning panic attack and broken arm, how was your trip? Oh, it was great, actually. The rest of it, I... Um, we, we the way we took care of it is um, my brother drove me to the hospital nearest hospital, which was like forty five fifty minutes away in Tallahassee. So that's how, how far we were into Florida. And, wow! And uh, I, you know, I was just in in the car. Every bump he hit, every turn he made, I felt my bones moving. You know, like it, and it was it was just agony. And I I think I. I was trying to sleep a little bit, and I think I caught a few minutes of sleep there. But the hospital, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the emergency room. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we're getting to the point now. I, like, I get to the hospital, I've been awake now for like thirty-three hours, um, and I'm in the hospital, and, and they really, it, it took a while as things do like this because you ha- they have to set stuff up, and they but they weren't very busy. There wasn't much going on. Um, and I was really treated very well by everybody. The staff there was excellent. Um, and they took the x-rays and, and saw that there was a break. And they put up splints on, which is just basically a temporary t- cast. And my brother, in all his wisdom, got me a hotel room. Because um, he's like, there's no way you're coming back and sleeping in a tent <laughs> like this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so he got... Uh, he. Uh, he was bouncing through different options and he called me. He's like, you know, we could just go back, you know, back to my house. We could just leave and go back and then, or we can get you a hotel room or you can stay at the campsite. And, and he just made the decision on his own. All right, I'm getting you a hotel room. And that was really the smartest thing to do. And it really helped the whole situation because I was, we got some, I was starving. So on the way back to the hotel, we got some McDonald's which is something I would not normally eat, but I was starving, and I was like, there there was no uh, other options but fast food. So I'm like, all right, let's get a Big Mac right. and, and a hamburger. Um, and got the room. The room was real nice. Um, turned on the TV and, and got myself settled, and it was a nice, comfortable bed, and uh, I, I got a good night's sleep, you know. Um, and So that really made all the difference. And then... Got up in the morning. They had the free breakfast downstairs. They had, and it was great. It was they had a, a, a bacon egg and cheese burrito, you know, fresh, uh, and uh, muffins and and uh, bagels and all sorts of stuff. And uh, so I had a good breakfast, and I took a shower with a cast on, basically, um, which was very challenging. I, I didn't actually take a shower. I got cleaned up though. Um, and that's yeah, well, taking a shower with one arm is is very challenging because I have you know both my shoulders done over the years, you know, rotator cuff surgery, and yeah, that's you know you're you're in rough shape, you know, like, at least I was, you know, for you know six weeks, your arm is pretty much incapacitated, you know, between being in and out of the sling. So you can take it out of the sling when you're in the shower, but it just kind of hangs there, you know, or you hold right. it like in that bent position, you know. Yeah, uh, my, my hand immobilized, and then you're basically showering, you know, with, with one hand. Yeah, basically. I mean, my, my hand is functional. You know, my hand is fine, so I yeah. can I can kind of use my hand. I it, it's it's the lifting, like I can bend my arm. It's right. the lifting above. Uh, yeah, see, I can't I can't really lift it. It's the because that elbow, that joint, there really functions a lot in in that part of it. And my and it's very tight. My muscles are very tight on that on my right arm right now. But it seems to be improving a little bit. 
each day. Still painful though. Still a pain in the ass. Um, pain in the arm. Pain in the arm. But fortunately, we're not playing right now. So I was gonna say, thankfully, you're not gigging, right? So you're not uh, compromised in that regard. Yeah, and I can play bass. I tried. I, I the other day, I went and picked up my bass. I can do it just sitting down, put it on my lap, and uh, you know, just drape my my right arm over the over the uh, uh, the bridge. Right, because you said your fingers work, right? So yeah, fingers work fine. So I so I play a little bit, and I was like, all right. Worst came to worst, I can play bass right now. So yeah, just sitting down in a chair, Anthony Jackson style. Yeah, um, and uh, I went for a CAT scan yesterday uh, to see if I'm going to need surgery, and I will not find out. They, they probably have the results now, but I'm not going to go to the orthopedic doctor again until next week, next Wednesday. So I uh. might not find out until then. So I'm basically. Stuck with the way things are right now, which is no cast, just a sling, and uh, uh, so I'm stuck for another week, uh, at least week or so, this way. Right. Um, but you know, I'm getting by. I'm functioning. The the biggest pain in the ass is I can't cook, and I really love to cook. I you know I, I most things you need two hands to cook. Right. And that's how I usually eat most of my food. I cook. So now it's like uh, I gotta I gotta get. Things that are simple to prepare, like pre pre uh, like frozen meals and shit, and, or order out, which is expensive. So what I've basically been doing is eating less, <laughs> and not you know not cooking. I can cook like a hamburger. I could cook you know simple kind of things. I can cook, but I can't chop yeah, onions. Extravagant or involved, right? Yeah, I can't chop onions. I can't do stuff like that. But you need two hands, so. Um, but you know what? I, I'm thinking like uh, about like just doing activities like that. I, I really had fun. That, that like you asked for the rest of the day, um, Saturday. So you know, I took that shower. My brother picked me up early afternoon. Went back to the campground, and I'm you know feeling refreshed, and and my arm was stabilized. It had a good solid cast on it, a good solid splint on it. Um, so, you know, I felt pretty good and got back to the site and cracked a beer and, uh, the food was ready and, and, uh, this guy, Sean just went above and beyond with food at the, more than I've ever seen anybody at, at a campsite. Um, he had the, like ribs and they were cooked two different ways. He had uh, potato salad and macaroni salad and coleslaw and, uh, a bunch of other little things. I was feasting, man. You weren't like having hot dogs on the stick. Right. No. Yeah. No marshmallows, nice. no no s'mores. Yeah. Um, and then love s'mores. Yeah, I love s'mores too. And uh, hey, do you know? A quick sidebar: they now make marshmallows with chocolate inside them no. for ultra s'mores. Why wouldn't somebody have done that already? I don't question. know, but I had one about a month ago, and it was outstanding. Of course, it's outstanding. Chocolate yeah. and marshmallow. Yeah, but it's inside, so you just, you know, know. You, when you toast it, it's all ready to go. Then you just put on the graham cracker, and it's, like, done. Boom. That's brilliant. Um, yeah. Genius. Pure genius. So we had, uh, uh, we did that, and then we sat around bullshitting for a while, and then we went hiking, and it was just a gorgeous day, and it was a really nice area uh, by the water, and there were nice hiking trails and stuff, nothing too challenging, just, you know, in, in nature. So we we did that and uh, that was great and they went swimming I just kind of waited in in the uh, in the water a little bit which is nice um, and uh, uh, we, we went back and we had more food we had a uh, I still don't remember what the name of it is it's when you have like cheeses and and salamis and and olives and things like that all on a board kind of thing. Um, oh, like an antipasto plate. Yeah, sort of. There's a different word for it. I forget what it is. Um, but but that, and a pl- I mean ample amount of selection of all those things. And uh, so that was a, a, like a meal in itself. And then... Uh, oh, isn't that like a charcuterie short, plate or something? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Chunk just said it too. Charcuterie. Charcuterie. Something like that. Um, yeah, that's what that exactly. That's what it is, though. And uh, all right, I wasn't talking to you, Alexa. Jeez, she just chimes in every once in a while. Playing chartreuse for you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, 
And then we went out again at night and did more hiking. We went and watched the sunset over the water. And it was, and just had, we had music with us the whole time. They had, we had the wireless Bluetooth. So that was great. We just listened to music all, you know, all the time. And, um, that was really beautiful, man. I took a bunch of pictures there, sunset, and, uh, went back. And then, then Sean made filet mignon. <laughs> oh, man. You guys feasted. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was Not, nothing like having a day out in nature, though, you know, when you get outside and reconnect and it's just peaceful and you're hanging and, you know, like I said, listening to music or playing music, you know, if you if you have that ability to do that, it's, it's always nice to just, you know, you get out into the woods, into the forest, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's so nice and serene and, and calm and you hear all the nature around you and it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, it really was. So that was a great day. And then after the Filet Mignon, Sean retired and my brother and I and uh, Alex was our other friend there. We went over by the road, just a little, little few steps away from where we were camping and um the sky was just beautiful clear stars just amazing you know the, no light pollution around there so you just got an amazing uh view of the sky so we were just digging that listening to music drinking some beers sitting down bullshitting and uh we did that yeah. till about like two in the morning um so yeah so i'm glad i i'm glad i got the attention the medical attention that i needed right away i'm I re can you imagine something like that happening where you can't there's nowhere to go and there's nobody to help you and you you're your your arms broken i mean well think about some of those crazy like survival stories you know where a guy falls down a ravine you know and breaks his arm or breaks his leg and he's out in the middle of nowhere and he's got to you know trek like you know miles across you know the, the wilderness to get back to civilization again you know yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I mean, I could not imagine that happening the way it happened with me and having no nothing to do, nothing, no way to fix it, no way to give it any sort of attention. Right. I mean, that would just be because it was it was, the pain was just absolutely brutal. Um, and it not not only the pain, but the discomfort of because you know, when I first. You know, I fell. I knew I, my arm was broken. I saw the look on my brother's face. He had this look of horror on his face. And my the first thought that popped in my mind was that the bone went through the skin. That's uh, that's. Oh a, yeah, the compound fracture style. Yeah, because uh, I mean, just the way his face looked. But what he saw was that the, it was dislocated. Um, so he saw it just like popping out in a way that it shouldn't, um, which is why he had that look of horror. But then I had the gloves on, and they went to pull. Um, one of my gloves off and it popped so it, it probably popped it back in when, when he did that oh sure he pulled it yeah he pulled it back into place right yeah which was probably good because it's not it's not dislocated now so um yeah and you weren't prepared for it so it doesn't matter if it how bad it hurt right because it just popped and it's in and that's it now yeah. you're dealing with it uh brutal but yeah i can't i've come to the conclusion that i cannot do anything any more in my life that is potentially dangerous or life-threatening. Which is a shame, because I really would love to go hang gliding. I'd really love to go ziplining. I'd, you know, I'd love to, uh, not bungee jumping. I wouldn't want to do that. That's I think ziplining is fairly safe, you know, providing the zipline doesn't break. You're, yeah. You're probably in good shape, you know? Yeah. Um, skydiving is pretty safe, believe sky, it or not. See, skydiving I would love to do, but I get, I have equilibrium missions, which is why I probably fell off that thing. Um, but, I get dizzy really easily, and w when you got the chute open, you're not really spinning around. But b but before that, when you're free falling, you're spinning. You know, everything's spinning around. And you I you can, you can be. I mean, I did. I went skydiving when I was younger, back in. Um, I went on June seventeenth, nineteen ninety three. Wow. And uh, yeah, we jumped from twenty two thousand feet, and we free fell for like a minute and change. And, and and everything's not spinning though. You're not like spinning around. No, what it was is you know you go tandem, right? So they strap you on. Right. You go up to the plane. They give you this whole thing. You know, you got to sign this waiver that like exonerates everyone, including like the manufacturer, <laughs> the zipper on the parachute. From like if you die, you can't sue anybody. You know, so you basically relinquish all your rights. And if you don't want to sign the paper, you pay like an extra six hundred bucks Jeez. to retain your you know your rights. And I mean, dude, ninety three. So I mean. Uh, you know, I'm in my 20s. I don't have an extra 600 bucks to, to, to you know, to, to not do the waiver. So long story short, we went up and we jumped. 
And so like, you get up in the plane and you get to the door, and then it's it's not like when you were a kid. I don't know if you ever jumped off a roof with like a sheet when you like played parachute or you jump out of a tree fort or something, you know, from like high up, like 15 feet, or you jump off a high dive, you know. Sure. Yeah. It's like you see how far off the ground you are, and it's like, oh man, you know, I'm high up. When you're when you're jumping out of the plane, it's kind of like cartoon vision because you're so high up that like the you know the ground is so far away that there's no like perception, you know. Right. And you jump out of the plane, and you get that sensation of falling, you know, for about five seconds, and then your stomach catches up with your body, and then you're just you're just there, hmm. and the wind's cranking by. You know, you can't really can't hear anything. It's super loud, you know. Right. But you're just you know you have your arms out and your hands out, and the guy will say to you like, if you want to turn this way, you angle your body, you know, to, like to the left, and you'll start to turn to the left. You angle to the right, you start to turn to the right. You know, and it's like whatever way you kind of angle, you can spin. And we didn't do any crazy spinning or anything. We were just free falling straight away, and uh, you have an altimeter on your wrist, and that's really the only indication that you're actually falling at that point. You know what I mean? Because you're in suspended animation, so to speak. There's no sensation of falling anymore. You're right. just there. You know, you're just in the air. Right. You're stu- right. you know, because your your body and your stomach have caught up to each other, right? So there's no more sensation. You've reached that you know, 120 mile an hour or whatever the maximum velocity is. And the altimeter is just on your wrist. It's just spinning, you know, like I'm like like cranking, you know? Right. Sure. And remember the guy saying, you know, if you can be have enough wherewithal about you I will let you pull the ripcord, but you have to watch the altimeter. You know, when you get to about, I think it was 5,000 feet, you, you pull the cord, you know? Okay. And you're watching it, you're watching it, you're watching it, and they give the guy the nod and everything, we're good, and then, you know, you pull the ripcord, and that's violent, you know? Like, that's when you're like, you're like, all has a noise, you know, and you get like, you don't spin, but you get, you know, you get jerked around because you're you're coming to a screeching halt, so to speak, you know, from 120 miles an hour. Right. And then as soon as the chute's open and you are now floating, it's dead quiet, right? Because you're just in this wind tunnel, right? Like sticking your head out a window of a car going 120 miles an hour. Imagine how loud that is, right? Sure. Now it's dead quiet. But it is at that point that you realize you are hanging on this parachute, you know, and you're really, really high up off the ground. Right. And that's the freaky part when you're coming down like that because then you're, you know, the chute's open and you're kind of descending. But, you know, and the guy's doing some tricks. He's doing some big circles. You know, he's coming down. It's, it, you know, it was nice. It was, you know, pleasant. Um, but that's when you realize, like, wow, man, I'm hanging on this thing, you know, I'm, I'm just on this chute. And then as you start to come down, the guy's talking to you the whole time. And I never forget, like, we're packing the chute. The guy was like, listen, man, he's like, I have over 10,000 jumps. He's like, I am pack my own chute. We have a backup chute. You're connected to me, and I'm not dying today. So you're good. That's comforting. Yeah. So, you know, you get up and play. The guys are like, enjoy it. This is safe. You know, a lot. They, they give you the whole briefing, like, you know, majority of the people that do die in skydiving accidents, you know, very, very small percentages due to error of the chute. It's usually um, guys hot-dogging it, you know, like trying to come in hot or, you know, or trying to open their chute at the last second, you know. Guys get that adrenaline rush. They try to open the chute, you know when they're like, you know, hundreds of feet off the ground so that it just opens and then they land. Right. So he's like, we're not doing that, you know? And, uh, it was cool. And it was funny too. Cause I went with like, a, like 10 of my buddies and one of the guys got blown off course and like parachuted into someone's backyard barbecue. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Grab a burger. They, yeah. They had a couple of beers with the dudes, yeah, yeah, and, the right. dudes drove, and the dudes drove him back to the, to the, to the place. <laughs> like in the van, it was cool. That's funny. That would be a funny thing to happen yeah, but if you're if, if you're having a barbecue. Hey, there's like some guy parachuting right down in there. Yeah, <laughs> two guys, yeah, two guys I, coming in, and people coming be like, hot, look at <laughs> and people be all drunk and be like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I said he's like, we came, they're all like high five, and everybody was like, dude, have a beer, awesome, man, you hungry? Like, you know, like he said, it was like real cool experience, you know. That's funny. But um, you know, we landed like back at the at the place, you know, in this big field. Uh, and it was really cool. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. Like I said, I I, I would do it again, you know. But um, it, it was de- definitely something. It, it you know, it seemed, you know, in retrospect, I think it's a lot safer than say hang gliding. You know what I mean? It's like more controlled in a sense. Yeah, where hang, you know, hang gliding looks like so much fun though, man. 
It does. I mean, you know, it looks really cool too is when those guys jump in those those flight suits. You know, I'm sure you've seen the videos like on YouTube and stuff where they jump off the top of a mountain and they have like wings, like a flying squirrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, web- yeah. It, like they're webbed and they're flying, but they're re- you know they're really free falling, but they're able to control and steer. You know, right. But um, yeah, I that that that's cool. Like that that takes some balls, I think, to do that. Yeah. Sure. I, I just think for, for, for the time being anyway, I need to refrain from doing anything potentially dangerous. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to drive my car really anymore. This is like, because, <laughs> uh, you know, people drive like idiots and, and you know. Hey, there's that bass player dude walking to the gig again. <laughs> and I'm driving. I'm already driving with a broken arm. I don't need to get in an accident. Just stay home for Yeah, well, that was the thing. Like, when I had my shoulder done, the guy was like, you can't drive for the first week or so. You know, I was like, dude, I got to go to work. I'm driving. You know, he's like, well, you not really shouldn't because, you know, it's instruction and it's in, you know, I had this big immobilizer on with, like, the foam pad behind it, you know, so your arm is, like, protruding out, like, eight inches away from your body. You know? Oh, okay, yeah. So you had to put the seat way back, and it was like, you know, it was, and, and when I had my right arm done, you know, you can't reach, like, the, the, the shifter, you know, or the, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it was, you know, I managed. But it was, it's, it's, uh, yeah, getting hurt's not fun, man. Definitely, getting hurt is not cool. Yeah, it's still, it's still so surreal. Like I wake up every day, like, oh, fuck, man, my arm is broken. Like <laughs> it just sucks. Like, uh, what am I gonna do? But you know, whatever. It's this too shall pass. And, yeah, you uh, kind of find you get you get like a new respect too for being healthy and not injured. Like I can remember, like a kid, we used to lift weights and we used to lift real heavy and be stupid, you know. Like when we played sports and like you're in high school and played football and wrestle and whatever. And like then years later, you know, when I had shoulder issues from that, you know, because you tear you know tendons in your rotator cuff and you get little tears in them and they don't go away and stuff like that. And then it's like once it's all fixed and you have like a hundred percent mobility back again, you know. Like, you know, when you go to work out again after that, like, you're real cautious, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you yeah. go in, like, yeah, you know, yeah. first couple of months I got back into working out, I was using, like, very, you know, very lightweight, you know, just to just to get back into the movement of things, you know? And that's a year after the surgery, you know? They tell you it's 10% a month it heals. So it takes 10 months to be back to 100%. And even with that, you shouldn't be, like, you know, going back at it again, like, you know, no, no like fast throwing, you know, baseballs or throwing bombs with footballs, stuff like that, you know, because that can that can lead to more injury again, you know. So yeah. there's certain things you just got to refrain from and you say, you know, you, you come to the conclusion, I, I can't do that specific thing, you know. And I always said it's because you got to weigh the two against it. Like, do I want to play softball or do I want to play drums? You know, I want to play drums. So playing softball is not really not that important to me, you know, as much as drumming is because if I get injured and I can't drum, then that's going to be a problem for me, you know. Yeah. As long as I can play bass, and I know I already know I can, so I'm good. Right. Yeah, so you're good. Yeah, I'm good. I don't I don't need to do any other. So I mean, I'd but like I mean, to, like, I'd like when to you're looking out. at dangerous things, you know, you always try to. Weigh, I, that's at least how I look at it now. I weigh it against me and say, hmm, what's the risk of me possibly potentially getting hurt to the point where I wouldn't be able to play drums, which is something I love to do and I've been doing it my whole life. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's something that, I, you know, I, I want to continue to do I for as long as I can. It wasn't even on my radar. I didn't even consider the fact that I could get hurt right. when I'm getting on top of this thing. I just, just didn't even enter my mind that I could possibly hurt myself. Uh, so, and That's interesting because usually when you're not thinking about that, you're not going to get hurt, you don't. You know, it's usually when you have doubt or you say, oh, man, I don't know if I can do that, that you get hurt. Yeah. Like when we were kids, we jump bicycles and motorcycles over like, you know, I, yeah. fire pits and like barbed wire, you know, booby trap things where if you really, you know, if you didn't make it, you were getting severely hurt. But never in my mind that I ever think like, oh, man, I hope I make it. It was always like, man, watch this. You know? Yeah, because well, be you were enthusiastic about doing it. I wasn't enthusiastic about getting on this thing. It was my brother's <laughs> idea. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't like I, I saw those guys riding it and I thought to myself, hmm, that kind of looks like fun. But I also didn't think I want to try it. I just thought, like, okay, that looks like fun. But right. I, 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 you know, I wasn't enthusiastic about doing it. And I already have shitty equilibrium. So, because my ears are fucked. Um, you know. So, home. lesson learned, Steve. Lesson no more one wheeled things for you. Yeah. No more danger. I'm just staying away from danger. Just, I'm just staying home, man. I'm not going out anymore. <laughs> 
I get everything I need here. But you've been home for how many months now, right? I mean, Corona. Oh, my God. It's just, I, I mean, we talked, we had uh, the week off. We, I guess we did this two weeks ago. And in two, just in two weeks, man, shit has changed considerably. Um, the, the, it's back up. Oh, yeah. A lot of cases and stuff is closing down again. In Louisiana, they, uh, they, uh, they were, it was, I guess last week it was supposed to go to phase three and they said, nope, we're waiting another month. So bars with bands still not open, still not operating. So it's, yeah, uh, but it's smart because the places that did are all now spiked up. Look at Florida. They closed all the beaches for 4th of July weekend. Yeah. That's it. Done. You know, Miami, they're closing the borders. No one in, no one out. This is just it to me. It just seems so it was so predictable that this is the way it was going to happen. Um, yeah, and just seeing well, dude, not for nothing. People just aren't adhering to the guidelines. You know, you see people with no masks on. You see people just like acting like there's nothing going on, and all of a sudden, boom, here we go again. You know? Yeah, and that's going to continue. People are just because people are just they don't care about consequences of things or how it affects other people. They don't even consider it. They're just like, screw you. I'm gonna do what I want. That's it. Yeah, but it's like you had said, though, so if you don't have bars and you don't have vans and there's nothing going on for you know the foreseeable future, you know, then it, it like you had predicted, it's, it's going to be live streaming. It's going to be, um, you know, people posting videos of themselves jamming, you know, in, in controlled environments sort of stuff, you know. I mean, I saw they did uh, up here in Jersey, like Morristown, they have the um, the uh, Morristown Performing Arts Center, you know, the, the, the Mayo. And it's, um, you know, it's been closed since the beginning of COVID. And they had a big uh, benefit concert at Ginty Park outdoors, you know, that the band on a st- big stage outside and everyone had to sit and, you know, st- keep social distance. They had like, um, you know, ropes up and cordoned off areas and you could sit in your car and, uh, you know, they had a full blown like a two hour concert outdoors, hmm. you know? Yeah, and, and people get up and dance, and but you had like your own little areas, you know. Like if you came, you know, you had like whatever it would be, you know. For each car had its own place to sit, and then people had like cordoned off areas of like you know squares of where you could you know congregate with your family. But it was cool. They had you know they, they had full blown concert, you know, full band on stage. Guys had masks on, you know, except the guys singing, of course. But uh, you know, they were far away from the crowd. You know, the the, the first people were probably you know 50 feet away from where they were yeah that will work for outdoor stuff indoor yeah indoor shows are are what's screwed you know indoor shows are the majority of places that bands play is indoors and and listen there wasn't there wasn't a thousand people there either you know it was a, a good turnout but it was a big enough area where they were able to social distance you know yeah yeah i had the feeling man that that last night that we played March 15th, I had that feeling that we're not coming back. That was, I mean, I knew at least we're not coming back for a good while, but my feeling at the time was we're just not coming back. That's it. It's done. This is the last show. Um, I still don't know if that's going to be true, but that was the, certainly the feeling um, that it was going to be quite a while. But you know, it will, it will come back eventually, right? And the guys that are going to really shine are the guys that are practicing right now, you know, and, and getting their chops together and, and elevating their craft. Then they come out swinging, you know, in three, four, five, six months from now, whenever this thing is over, and they do start playing again. But interestingly enough, you know, the band I'm going to start playing with, with Jimmy, he was, uh, they played last weekend at a, at a bar out to, outside. They had a big deck. The band was on the deck, and all the people were on this big patio, and they had tables set up and it was like, uh, you know, they had a outside bar, one person at the bar at a time, you know, to go get a drink, like if you were a wedding, you know, like they had a bar in a corner, everyone had masked up, and he said it was, you know, good turnout, and they had, uh, you know, they had outdoor seating and dining uh, at the bar, but the band played, and they played from, uh, I think he played from like 8 to 11. That's cool. It's just not going to be normal the way it was before, and that takes a lot of patience, you know, people... People are going to have to adapt to that, and not a lot of people will, maybe, because the people just aren't patient. They want they want what they want. They want it now. Yeah, but then you see what happens, Steve, right? You know, they go, you know, as soon as you open, like you said, 
you, you see on the news. As soon as this stuff's open, man, bars are jam-packed full of people, no masks, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, here we are two weeks later, and it's like, boom, everything's shut down again. Yeah, it's... You know? it's, it's Texas, Florida, thousands of cases. It's just, you know, it's depressing in a way because, like, yeah, when will it get back to normal and can you get out? But, I mean, look at, like, Greece, you know? They had, like, a and South Korea, they had, you know, severe lockdowns for two months, you know, nobody out. That's it. Military out in the roads, you know, you're out that you're questioned, you know, and you're, you're arrested, whatever. And, and now they're, they're back to, you know, no cases. Right. You know? Yeah. We're just friggin' spoiled in this country, man. Yeah. People uh, are just, you know, people are just, dis- you know, the biggest thing I see is that people are just disrespectful of other people's, uh, you know, uh, how do you want to say it? Like, you don't wear a mask, you know, so much. Be- it's just it's respect for everybody else and people around you, you know, like just so we all do it together. Then it's over sooner, you know. Yeah. And you got these other people that's oh, it's all scam. It's it's fake news, whatever. You know, it's it's not, you know. Yeah. But people need to be policed. People need to be disciplined and, and uh, or yeah, and disciplined for it. Like today I went to Walmart and this was they've had the sign you know, on the door for a while, at least a few weeks, where you must wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. But nobody was really policing it. Nobody was checking. Right. No, nobody right. was caring. Right. But I went to Walmart today, and that was the first time there was a, a, a an actual uh, cop, an actual policeman sitting or standing in the front, along with a couple of Walmart employees that are taking counts of people coming in and leaving. And, and there was a, somebody in front of me that didn't have a mask on, and the cop said, you got to put a mask on or you can't go in. Um, right. So everybody in the Walmart had a mask on. I saw some people that pulled it off while they're in the store, though. They pulled it down. So it's not, you know, covering the. the yeah, you know. I see, like, see. Yeah, you see a lot of people with that, like their nose is not covered or, so, you know, it's down around their chin or something, you know. Yeah. So that's still going to affect things. I mean, it's it's very hard to to stay on top of for everybody everywhere, you know, to. to um, but yeah, I mean, things will come back eventually. Bands will will th- thrive, and like you said, the the bands that are working now, that are working on it, that are seeing past this, that know that there is a future. Those are the ones that are gonna that are gonna excel once things get back to quote unquote normal. Even though I don't think it ever will be the same, um, but at least you know, lots of people out congregating and watching live music. So. So uh, that is always highly recommended to to stay the course. You know, don't give up. Don't think it's over. Don't wait for something to happen. You, you got to make things happen. Right, right. And be prepared for when it does open back up because it will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't sit home. Your chops get rusty, right? You know, keep keep going. Keep practicing. Keep playing. You know, keep, keep it. Keep going. Yeah. And it's hard, I understand, you know, for some people to say, you know, self-motivated in that regard. But if you make it into a challenge almost, you know. If you have uh, fun with it and make it a game, yeah. Yeah. Make it exactly. a game. It's, Life it's should be fun. to stick to it. Life should be fun. It's supposed to be. And I'm saying that with a broken friggin' arm. So everybody else, you know, <laughs> come on. Right. does not have broken limbs. Get, on, get with the program, <laughs> yeah. man. I am so going to appreciate having two arms, man, when this, when this heals. I'm never going to take that two-arm thing for granted. Every day I'm going to wake up and, and give thanks to my two arms, my two working arms. Dude, check out my new skateboard, man. Check it for a spin. <laughs> no. <laughs> You'd be like, ah, it's only a skateboard. It's easy. I read this all the time. You know Boom. what? Never rode a skateboard really as a kid. Don't have any interest now. Sorry. Thank you. Good night. Good for you. I would do a jetpack though. If if we had jetpacks, I would do that. <laughs> you could do the jetpacks in the water because at least it's soft. No, 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 no. Water. If you hit water fast from a height, it's not soft. It is hard. Well, you're not jet, you're not jetpacking like a hundred feet in the air, dude. Those little water jetpacks. You only like ten, fifteen feet off the water, like jumping off a high dive. Yeah. All right. Sure. I wouldn't water ski because I would I would I would break something water skiing. Um, oh, I love water skiing. I, I would so love to do it. Snow skiing. I would love to do it. I would love to water ski. It looks like so much fun. Um, 
but I would I would hurt myself. Skiing, same thing. I couldn't ski. I've never skied. It looks like a blast, but no way. I would break my foot. I would break my ankle. I would. Yeah, no, we used to snowboard, ski and snowboard all the time. We were younger, but like I said, since I got my shoulders done, I don't want to take that chance because you fall with an outstretched arm. That's 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 public enemy number one right there for your shoulder. You know. Yeah, forget it. I would ride a sled. I would ride a sled down a hill. Sledding. That's that's okay. As long as I'm properly uh, uh, insulated in, <laughs> for my whole body yeah. in, in case I do tumble. I'm, Helmet, all kinds of protective gear, cage around you. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I, I keep... I'm not too proud to suit up with protective equipment like a... No. Like a... Like an old man, I guess. Like a middle-aged, brittle-boned person. Yeah. Hey, uh, it's all good, man. Like you said, it could always be worse, right? So at least, you know, thankfully you're in good shape. you got a lot to be grateful for. Be back in the saddle in no time. Yeah. Yeah, and I do look forward to playing again. It's I just don't think it's going to be the same job that we had before. Um, and... Uh, Oh man, I I don't know. It's interesting, you know. Everything's interesting because people are getting freaked out about it and pissed about it, and I'm not. I'm just I just sitting back and watching and saying it's interesting. And I see like the, the morons and and the the dumb decisions that are being made and or things that are being neglected and whatever. But I'm not getting emotionally involved in it in any of that. I'm just I'm watching. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, listen, it's unprecedented times that we're living in right now, you know? So we have to make the best of what we have. You know, we have to be thankful for what we have, and we have to continue to do what we can do. That's why I said, if you have a place where you can play or practice or, you know, uh, you know, shed or whatever, you know, just to, to keep music going, like you said, listening to music, you know? It was very interesting. I saw, I don't know if you saw it, there's a, there's another show, another Netflix like documentary type uh, thing about Queen with Adam Lambert. Yeah, I saw that, that. I didn't watch it, but I saw that. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. You know, you, you'd enjoy it. R- really cool to see the journey of like, you know, how he was a young kid with aspirations and dreams, and then, uh, y- you know, openly gay, came out of the closet early in life. You know, once he he realized that that was his demeanor, he embraced it, and and you know. And this is who he was and was on Broadway at Wicked and, you know, had a great job and was making good money and then told his parents, you know, I'm quitting my job on Broadway. I'm going to try for American Idol. And his father was like, well, what does it pay? And he was like, nothing. <laughs> what does it pay? <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, what, what does it pay? You Actually, they did, they did get paid. They did get paid. They did get paid on Idol, but go ahead. Well, he was saying not like he was getting paid, I guess, on Broadway, you know, because right. he had a, you know, he was in stage performance for Wicked. Long story short, and then, you know, he did Idol, and he said by that time he had kind of got his confidence, you know, where he wasn't, like, afraid to perform because he had a lot of experience, you know, and then as Idol went on, and then they said the best thing that could happen to him was that he didn't win Idol, you know, because then he was able to work with all these other producers and Pink and all these other, you know, talents that helped him along the way. But then from the flip side, you know, they were talking Brian May, and he's, you know, the reason I brought this up was because he was saying that, you know, in life, if you're lucky enough as a musician to find a band that has the that is magic, you know, and you have magic with that, don't take that for granted, you know, because you you can't just replace a member and expect it to be the same, you know. There's a certain synergy that works, you know, as a whole with the components that are in place, you know, the personnel that are in place, the way they think, the way they play, the way they interact with each other. And he was saying that, you know, it's it's not easily transferable or you know people aren't disposable and when when freddie had passed away they had said you know the queen is done we will not you know we will not continue we will not do it and then um brian may went on to do some other things and then roger taylor went on to do some other things and then they had some you know productions of you know we will rock you which was the queen show and he came out you know out of the floor on the stage and did the guitar solo and um you know john deacon the bass player retired from music at that point he said i'm you know freddie's gone it's not you know the same and it won't be again so i'm i'm out and then he fast forward to say you know they weren't looking for adam lambert but they happened to be on stage with him on idol i don't know if you remember that they played 
I do because uh, I yeah I yeah because I'm a big Idol fan and and I followed that right. it, I, I was back then and, and I followed that season I saw the whole thing and Adam yeah, Lam- and Adam Lambert played with Queen in the finale that was that was a, a with, with Chris Allen they did a du- they both did a duet you know they they both was Chris Allen singing with... too with Queen oh yeah yeah because okay. yeah because it was the finale it was the it was the last no I, I yeah but that I was... think just Adam Lambert sang with Queen and I think Chris Allen sang with somebody yeah. else. No, no, I just, I just watched the documentary, dude. Okay, he was there. Okay, well, I know he was so there, but see. I don't think he sang with Queen. But go ahead. No, no, he he did. He sang. They're both on stage singing with Queen, whatever. And then when they were done, they were like, "Wow, this guy's really good," you know. And, they, and then the keyboard player, you know, for Idol was saying, "Like, man, you got to like, you know, like they, they got to keep this guy's number. He, he's he's a real talent." So fast forward later, then that's why they called it Queen plus Adam Lambert, you know, because it's only Brian May and. Um, Roger Taylor are the only original members, right? right? They have a different bass player. They have a key, keyboard player now. They have, you know, but two things that, that one, he said, you know, we struck magic again because with Adam now and the new guy on bass, they 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 can recreate authentically that magic, but it works to where it's, you know, the synergy is there. Right. And they have this moment where they show them before they go on stage and they're all in the dressing room and they're warming up with their vocal harmonies, you know? And they all sing, and they all have like high caliber lead singer voices, you know. And that's why the vocals sound so big. And they were asking Roger Taylor about that, you know. <laughs> he, he's so outspoken. He's like, "Yeah, some dickhead in the New York Times once said like that our background vocals were, you know, suspect. Like they were so, you know, suspect that how good they sounded. Like implying that it wasn't us singing. Like and." You know, you see them in this documentary, and they're all singing together. You know, all these harm- harmonic parts, and man, they're just singing a cappella like in the dressing room, and it sounds killer. You know, sure. Um, but just really cool. Like that—that that was what struck me when he said, you know, when you have a band, and it's made up of you know four, five, six people, three people, whatever it is, you know, you can't let egos get in the way where someone thinks that oh, one person can be replaced or I, I am the band. You know. Because as soon as you remove that one component, it's no, it's no longer the same. It will now be, it will never be the same. That is true, absolutely true. It does change the dynamic. Um, yeah, that's big it. time. Yeah. I mean, you can get players that are, you know, equally as a talent and stuff. And that's what he said. He's like, you know, a, you know, um, Adam Lambert is not Freddie, but he's got a different range and brings a different energy that works. You know, yeah, and he and he wasn't trying to be Freddie either. He said, you know, I know I'm I'm not I got big shoes to fill. I'm not trying to fill them. I'm helping out. This is you know I'm doing what I do, the best I can to honor you know his memory. But I'm not trying to be him or sound like him. You know, no, but it's still like the ultimate cover gig. You know, he's singing Queen covers with yeah, Brian May and Roger Taylor. Yeah, he's worth about twenty five <laughs> million dollars right now. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm not like a huge Adam Lambert fan. I get him, I, I, and I do see his talent. I, I, on Idol, I wasn't. I wasn't digging him because he was just to me. He was too, too much. He was like, the, he would go for these like mega high notes, and it was just. I, it, I don't know. I, I wasn't a big fan. But I, but I do see his talent. I and I've heard him sing very well some things, and I haven't heard. I do want to watch that because I haven't heard him really singing the Queen stuff. So I, I do want to watch that. That's on a, it's on Netflix. I think. Yeah, it's, a great, it's about an hour and a half long, but it was it was entertaining and it was very uh, inspiring and it was like insightful, you know? Yeah. But it was just really cool to see how they, you know, like everything else, they rose from the ashes, so to speak, you know, and continued forward and never thought. And like, dude, Brian May is just such like a, a rock icon, you know what I mean? But sure. he's such a regular grateful guy you know what i mean mm-hmm. you like when you're his whole vibe and his conversation he's just all about like you know thank you like he's so thankful that th- for the fans for the you know for for roger wanting to continue to do it with them and you know for them finding adam lambert and them able to continue doing you know the queen stuff that they love to do and that they, you know because don't forget they've been doing it you know since their early set you know 60s right mm-hmm. when they formed so i mean they've been around for a long time yeah yeah, yeah, good stuff. I'll check it out. Um, I was I was really a Chris Allen fan for that season, and Chris Allen won. And then he did nothing yeah. after the show, which I, I guess he put a record out, but he just kind of disappeared, which is a shame because I thought he was great. 
Yeah. That season. Um, Always interesting, though, on Idol, how the guys that don't win, you know, like Daughtry, Adam Lambert, you know, people that, that were runner-ups or, you know, came in, like, you know, top five, you know, but were talented, went on to, to be quite successful. Yeah. I watched all... I, I had a... I was going through uh, VHS tapes trying to find stuff of me performing live, and I had this whole box of him, and I have this converter now, which I still haven't done because I because the VCR is in the other room, and I need to bring it into the office in order to do this conversion thing, and I'm I'm not confident that I can carry it with one hand. <laughs> and and uh, that would be disaster if I dropped it. Because yeah, yeah, I don't want to drop the VCR because it's like, uh, where am I going to get another VCR? Amazon, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I was going through all these tapes, and I used to watch Idol and Lost all the time. Those those were my two shows back then, and uh, and I had recorded so many of them. So I was watching back on the, the the prior seasons, and it wasn't that season I didn't have recorded, but I had uh, a couple of the other seasons, including the one with Daughtry, um, and uh, he was he was so good. And that debut album from him is fantastic, man. That's such a great record. Um, the first Daughtry record. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's a talented dude, you know. Super talented. Um, it was interesting going back and watching his audition though, and 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 his his ride through the season. I watched like most most weeks. I had recorded, and I made sure I I was fast forwarding through most of it. But I was like, if I saw him singing, I would stop and uh, and listen to him. That was the season that uh, that Carrie won. Carrie Underwood won, I believe. Bo Bice was came in second. I think that was the season. Yes, yes, I think you are correct. That was yeah. Back around that time is when uh, you and I were playing together in bands, and we. I remember I used to watch Idol too. That was like that whole thing was like Clay Aiken, Ruben Studdard, uh, you know, Carrie Underwood, Adam Lambert, Chris Daughtry, like that, that crew of people, so to speak. You know. Mm-hmm. The guy who played the harmonica, the older guy, I forget Taylor his Hicks. name. Taylor Hicks. He wasn't older. He just had gray hair. <laughs> no, but I mean, but it, but it, on the show, he appeared to be much older. Yeah, because he had gray hair. But, but yeah, but he cranked. He was, he was great. And he won. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. He beat Catherine McPhee. Who right? Won. Who still went on to to be successful in her own right? Yeah. Now, again, like I said, all those people that you know got that far are all talented. Like they always said, you know. You don't need to win idols. Someone's definitely going to approach you, you know, afterwards and say, "Let's do something." Yes, good stuff. Keep moving. Um, keep moving. Keep the dreams alive, man. Keep your stuff sharp. Yeah. So, just super quick, um, Cover Band Central is uh, the website is going through a a revamp, and it's going to really be killer. I don't know if I've t- I, I believe I've told you, but I don't know if I've said it publicly what we're doing, but we're making it into a social network site. Uh, which will be the only one of its kind on the internet for musicians, a social network site for musicians. So, because uh, people are tired of Facebook, people are tired of politics, people are tired of coronavirus and and civil unrest and everything, and just the negative news on there. And I think people want a place where it's just going to be about music. Not that we can't have discussions about what's going on in the world, but it, as long as it's all music rooted and music based, I think this is something that's needed. A, a good respite for for uh, getting away from Facebook and uh, focusing on the music and 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 helping each other out in the community and coming up with some answers because we all know we all don't know what's going to happen and we all need each other for this and opening it up to music fans to um, so people can the whole community can kind of be together and celebrating music and celebrating all this and keeping it alive no matter what because. You can't take away music. No matter what happens, you can't take it away. So um, so look out for CoverBandCentral.com. Go sign up if you haven't already, and you'll be in on the new site as well. But it, I'm going to say within a week or two, we're going to flip it over, and uh, I won't shut up about it um, once it's going. I think it's really going to be awesome. So, um, Oh, that sounds great, man. Awesome. Yeah, yes, I'm psyched for that. So check it out, CoverBandCentral.com. Um, All right, 101 in the books. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. See you next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 